you seek the freedom to pursue greater meaning and purpose in your life? Is there something that you're passionate about that you'd like to support by giving time, talent, or money? Do you seek a level of financial freedom to live an ideal life as you uniquely define it? Welcome to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier, a show dedicated to helping you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. Well, hello and welcome to the Money and Meaning Show. My name is Jeff Bernier and I am uh, so pleased that you decided to check in with me for a few minutes today. As you know, this show is all about money and meaning and it's about uh, how to find the things in life that give you meaning and purpose and joy. What are the things that really get you excited about the future? What gets you, uh, where can you make a significant impact on the world? And also, how do we create the clarity, the confidence, and the capacity to go pursue it through sound wealth management practices? So we try to combine a discussion around wealth management and these deeper discussions about meaning and purpose. So again, happy that you decided to check in with me for a few minutes today. I've got some great guests lined up for the first part of next year. I'm recording this in, in mid-December, mid so this is a year-in or a bit of a year-in show. Uh, but today, I'm just going to share a few ideas with you that I that I think I've been thinking about, and I think it's a good way to end 2023. In in the Bible, in Philippians, Paul writes in Philippians four. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, worthy, think about such things. In his final presidential inauguration address in January of 1945, Franklin Roosevelt said, things in life will not always run smoothly. Sometimes we'll be rising towards the heights and then all will seem to reverse itself and start downward. The great fact to remember is that the trend of civilization itself is forever upward, that a, long, a, a line driven through the middle of the peaks and valleys of the centuries always has an upward trend. And so what I want to do today is do what I'm going to call today's show the year-end positive focus, the year-end positive focus. And I think it's really important today because I think a lot of people are not positive. A lot of people are not optimistic. There's a lot of negativity, it seems to me, in, in the world. You know, in the strategic coach program, Dan Sullivan, who is the, quote, strategic coach, talks a lot about when we compare where we are today against a utopia or some ideal of the perfect circumstances, so if we compare our current circumstances with the ideal, oftentimes we're going to find that we're coming up short with the ideal. And that can put us in what he calls the negative zone. So his advice is to take a look at where we are today and compare it to where we once were. And when we do this, we're likely to find some progress. And so, again, what I want to do today is do just that. I want to take a look at 
at some of our some of our progress and do a bit of a positive focus, if you will. You know, in our firm here, whenever we do reviews with our clients, in our conference room in particular, we like to start with what we call a positive focus. We like to ask the client to give us some in- insight on some of the best things that have happened in the last 12 months. Because again, what we find is when we reflect, we'll find that, that much progress has been made. But as I mentioned today, many people are not positive or optimistic. Uh, and Jeremiah Johnson in his blog, uh, The Infinite Scroll, talks about what he calls the social media doom loop. So traditional media and social media in, in particular has convinced us that everything is awful all the time. And so I think that's one of the reasons that many people today are not optimistic. Um, and if we just take a look at the U.S. economy as an example, I mean, it's really doing pretty well by most objective measures. Uh, the unemployment rate is at historic lows. Job growth has been surprisingly strong. A real GDP and wages are growing. And as a matter of fact, the fastest wage growth recently has been at the lower income levels, which means some of the income inequality that we've experienced recently has, has been shrinking a bit. Um, you know, if you're an investor, you probably have noticed recently the market is up. Uh, inflation, which has been a major problem in the last couple of years, has come down closer to the Fed's targets. So again, by many objective measures, you know, the U.S. economy is doing reasonably well. And yet nobody believes this. As a matter of fact, the Federal Reserve's consumer sentiment tracking shows that confidence in the economy has fallen off a cliff. Sentiment is as low as it's as it was back in the Great Recession in 2009. Polling also shows that people are more pessimistic today than they were back in August of 2020 when most of the economy was shut down because of the pandemic. So there's just a lot of negativity out there. And of course, it's not just the economy. Um, You know, many people are concerned about the environment and the impact of uh, climate change. And while it may be a serious problem, and, you know, obviously we may be having, you know, some of our growth might be having some negative implications for the environment. You know, when you talk to a lot of young people today, it's not just, they don't view it as a, a serious issue to be solved. Many people believe it's the end of civilization. And so Mr. Johnson in his blog, you know, indicates that, you know, the climate science says, you know, clearly it is an issue to be dealt with, but we're not facing annihilation immediately. Although that's what you might believe if you read a lot of the media or, or, or social platforms that a lot of people are getting their news from. You know, if you look at other, some broader issues, uh, civil rights obviously is a, an important one. And you could certainly argue that there's more work to be done, but it's undeniable that things have improved over previous generations in terms of opportunities uh, and so forth. And so in his blog, he suggests that many of our beliefs are what he calls socially constructed. And socially constructed is just a fancy way of saying that you believe a lot of things that you have not verified is being true, 
but if they're but if they're shared by someone that you trust, you tend to believe them, whether whether you should or not. And so the incentives in the media and the incentives in social media is not always for the truth. It's for impact, for emotional impact. And, and again, I think this is having an impact on our psyche as a society. You know, one of the oldest uh, um, slogans, I guess, or, 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 or um, you know, mantras in journalism is if it bleeds, it leads. In other words, you know, bad news gets eyeballs, you know, and that's what the media's job is. The, the media's job is to try to get eyeballs. So bad news is, is obviously uh, more salient and people pay attention to it more than, more than good news. Well, this is even more true in, in some of these social platforms. So he, again, in his blog post, he called this the age of doom where even though things are quite good and great progress has been made, many people are still not happy. And so I want to end the year with, uh, as I mentioned, a positive focus. So those are some of the reasons that many people may feel this way, but let's just, let's just do what I call data driven optimism or, or what I'll, what I frequently call rational optimism. Now I didn't, I didn't inv invent that, that phrase. Uh, Matt Ridley wrote a book back in 2020 called The Rational Optimist, How Prosperity Evolves. And it's a terrific book. I used to give it away. And it's a good history lesson on, on the progress that we've made. Uh, other resources that you might find helpful to, to be a rational optimist or to look at the data is, you know, Dr. Hans Rosling was a Swedish physician and an academic, and he dedicated uh, his life to helping people look at the data. Again, this rational data to see uh, see where where we've come and what we've accomplished. So some of the information I'm gonna share now comes from his research, and this has been carried on uh, by his son and his daughter-in-law. Uh, and you can find a lot of this in his book, Factfulness, that was published back in 2017 with his son and daughter-in-law. You can find great information at their website, ourworldindata.org. They've got another website that is really fascinating called gapminder.org. So you can find a lot of interesting information that I'm going to quote to you here today from some of those, some of those resources. There was, a, there was another book out in 2020 uh, called 10 Global Trends Every Smart Person Should Know uh, by Ronald Bailey and Marion Tupi. Um, and then, uh, Mr. Tupi followed up with a book in 2022 called Superabundance. So the theme of most of these is even though much of what we focus on is the negativity, the world is generally getting healthier and wealthier. Another resource that I'll draw on here for a few minutes today as well is from Peter Diamantis. And you can you can find his blog at diamantis.com forward slash blog. And you can find a lot of the a lot of the same types of information about human progress. So I want to acknowledge that, you know, while the world is getting better on many fronts, there's no question that we have many, many challenges yet to to, to tackle. And many of them, and and maybe I'll look at this in, in a little later in, in my chat. Um, you know, we don't have any idea how we're going to solve these problems, but that's not unique. 
we, we faced many problems as a society that we didn't have any idea how we might address them that we've been able to overcome. So anyway, so let's just look at a little bit of a few of the data points. And these come from our world in data, which I, I mentioned before was um, the website that, uh, you know, Dr. Uh, Rosling and his group put together. But the first one is extreme poverty. From 1981 to today, poverty around the world has plummeted. Um, globally, uh, in 1980, 42% of the world population was living in abject poverty. That number today is around 10%. So that's tremendous progress. Just one example of this is in East Asia and in the Pacific region, 80% uh, of the population was living in extreme poverty in that part of the world as recently as 1980. Today, uh, less than 5% of that region is living in extreme poverty. So that's that's pretty incredible. When you look at gross domestic product, which is basically economic output, and I like to look at gross domestic product per capita, so you're dividing it by the population so you can get it per person, which is a more meaningful measure because, of course, you know, 40% of the world's population, you know, lives in, you know, India and China. So you really need to look at it per person or the statistics will be unhelpful, I, th I think. Uh, so again, in 1990, the world population, the GDP per person of the world population was less than $10,000. As recently as 2021, it's closer to $17,000 per person. So significant growth in GDP. Of course, the United States, you know, we've been, we've been blessed as a country. In 1990, our GDP per person was about $40,000. Today, it's over $63,000. So again, tremendous economic growth. And so I think it's helpful to put this into perspective. And I, th I think the way to put it into perspective is to not think about just the GDP per capita, but think about it in terms of history, long history. And so, for instance, today, based on these, th these data points, the vast majority of humanity today has a higher standard of living than kings and queens of century past in with, with things such as access to water, food, energy, healthcare, education, knowledge, entertainment, computing power, communication. So, so while the, uh, the wealth gap has grown, though the rich have gotten richer, relative to the poor, the poor are richer than they've ever been. And this is a good thing. So ec this economic growth has, while it hasn't raised uh, everybody's boat, because obviously there's still many people living in abject poverty that we need to try as a society to address, much of the world has improved significantly. And so while that wealth gap between the haves and the have-nots might have grown, the 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 have nots are are in better shape than they've been uh over over history uh and a lot of this has to do with technology um and um and communications um you know i remember many years ago sir john templeton and this was probably 25 years ago that he made a statement like this but he's he once said that um all uh, th there are more scientists alive today 
than than the scientists that have lived all through history. Now, this was 20 or 20, 25 years ago, probably that he made that he made such a statement. And so what, what I think the idea there is that a lot of people are attacking these problems with with uh, great tools. And of course, the advent of the Internet means we can share information. And that's largely what Matt Ridley talked about in The Rational Optimist, because these ideas are compounding. Another statistic, uh, child mortality has fallen significantly. So since 1990, child mortality has, de has decreased by more than 50%. So the average life expectancy has risen steadily across all regions. In 2021, the global average life expectancy was just over 70 years. This is an astonishing fact when you consider that around 200 years ago, it was about half of that. In, in 1800, no region had a life expectancy greater than 40 years. So we've had tremendous growth in life expectancy in the last couple of centuries uh, or so. So this extraordinary rise, again, is in health and nutrition and clean water, sanitation, uh, again, these are incredibly, incredibly positive uh, you know, uh, things if we reflect on where we are compared to where we once, we once were. And again, Dr. Diamandis argues that the good news is exponential technologies are making it even better because again, we've got all these scientists and entrepreneurs attacking these problems and, and, and making it, uh, profitable to attack these problems. And, and, and he believes this is a trend that will continue. And, you know, another trend is there are more countries that live in democracies today than at any time in history. So we have, if, if you believe that uh, free capital markets are, are, are good for society, which the economic reality has indicated that they are, uh, that's also a positive trend that, that you can see in some of this data from our world and data in Dr. Diamantis uh, uh, blogs and, and resources as well. Um, if you look again, something as simple as literacy, which is critical, obviously, to economic growth. In 1820, it's estimated that only 12% of the world population was literate. 140 years later, in 1960, that number was still only around 42%. Uh, it's believed that by 2020, I'm sorry, by 2010, literacy went up from 42% in 1960, all the way up to about 85% by, by 2010. So again, literacy rates around the world have, have also grown significantly. Um, and again, it, it, it contends unabated to today. So again, much of this has to do with technology and uh, digital communications, um, you know, you know, phone, mobile phones and the ability to share information and to teach around the globe. So really, really uh, incredible. Um, education rates, again, people that have formal education has, has, has skyrocketed as well, um, in, in the last 50 years or so. You know, even, even things like crime. I mean, we, we, see these statistics recently about crime in, in large cities. And obviously, um, you know, we've got some challenges, clearly. But 
over the last uh, few hundred years, you know, you know, crime has has declined. Uh, so there's a lot there's a lot to be to be positive about uh, in in some of this some of this data that you'll find if you dig hard enough and and look and look at at the data. Uh, so again, we we've got major challenges to face. We've got major things to address as a society. But again, it, there may be never a better time, quite frankly, than to, to be alive than today. And of course, today, you know, at least in 2023, you know, the buzz is artificial intelligence and, uh, and, and things of that nature. And those, again, pose, you know, potential incredible opportunities. And so, um, it's, it's easy to get pessimistic when you read the news and you read social media and you watch, uh, news sources. But I think there's a lot that we can be positive about if we take a longer term view and we look at where we are. Now, some of these problems that we've got to solve, you know, obviously there are a lot of people are working on them. Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, access to information and, 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 and the internet. Uh, and sharing ideas is, is making this growth exponential and this learning exponential. But, you know, there were a lot of problems in the past that we had no idea how we were going to solve either. Uh, one of the more interesting blogs that Dr. Diamandis wrote about, uh, recently, um, he, he was basically looking, he, he, he cited a couple of these. And, uh, you know, one of them was, uh, y- you know, um, in, in the large cities in the late 1800s, we had, a major problem. And the problem was uh, we didn't have automobiles. We had horses and carriages. So there was a significant problem with manure <laughs> piling up in the cities. You know, this was the late 1800s. And the projections were going to be that, um, you know, this was not solvable. Well, w- w- then we came up with the combustion engine and the automobile. And that problem was wiped out in just a matter of years. Others that he cites is the eradication of polio and smallpox and others. But there's many things in history, if you go back and look, where we had major problems that we had no idea how we might solve them. Um, but again, if you if you have a longer term perspective and you look at some of the things that we have uh, accomplished as a society, I think if you look at the data, you should be an optimist, not a pessimist regardless of what um you know the 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 clickbait wants you to to read on the internet or the news program wants you to to watch today so this was my attempt to try to end the year a bit on a positive focus and i i thought about doing this back around thanksgiving you know thanksgiving is a time where we all sit around and and try to reflect on all the things that are good in our lives as we should and, you know, to have a, a, you know, sort of an attitude of gratitude and, and, you know, and I've encouraged people in a lot of things that I write about, you know, having a, a gratitude list that you jot down every day, which I think can be a real, really helpful thing as you go through your day uh, to do what Paul suggested in Philippians 4, 8 and, and, and try to focus on the things that are good in your life. And as we're in the holiday season, I think that's even, even more important and, 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 and obviously, as we roll into 2024 and we start setting goals and thinking about the things that, that we'd like to see happen in 2024. And, and, and we try to have some optimism about the things that, 
that could go right in our life and not just focus on the things that that have gone wrong. And so, you know, uh, the past is for learning. So we want to learn from the past, from the things uh, that we've experienced. And we, and I think history provides us a reason to be optimistic about the future. And so we can be optimistic about the future and it can motivate us to plan, to get out and do things, to try to, to try, try to have an impact. Uh, but we have to live in the present. So the past is for learning. The future is to motivate us, but the present is for living. So we want to enjoy and be present today. So the final thing I'll leave you with uh, is uh, my friend jo- Joy Leary, who is a uh, clinical psychologist and the co-founder of a firm called Shaping Wealth, whose mission it is to train advisors to do a better job in helping clients um, uh, create what they call funded contentment. So it's it's really equipping advisors to do better at listening to our clients and understanding and, and being sort of human first advisors as opposed to just focusing on markets and the technical stuff. And she wrote uh, a post recently called It's a Wonderful Life. And uh, she's using obviously some, inf- uh, you know, uh, the analogy of the classic movie uh, of It's a Wonderful Life. And she talked about, you know, George Bailey um, at the beginning of the movie, as you all have probably seen it multiple times, you know, uh, was very depressed and 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 was comparing himself to others, and he was struggling in his relationships and lacking a sense of purpose, and he was on the brink of of, of suicide because he was playing the comparison game. He was definitely in the in the negative zone. He was comparing, you know, his life to to others and to what he thought was the perfect life. And 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 only when Clarence, the angel, showed up and helped him reflect on the impact that he had made, did he realize that he yet, in fact, had a wonderful life. And so I I think I'd like to leave you with just the encouragement that you have a role to play and that you've already played a role and that you are impacting others. And so as we we end the show today, you know, I, I, I use Howard Thurman's quote frequently. Howard Thurman once said that, don't ask what the world needs, Ask what makes your heart come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs are people whose hearts have come alive. So the encouragement I want to give you is to find what makes your heart come alive and go pursue it and try to end the year with a positive, with a positive focus. I hope this was helpful. Um, if you have any feedback or like to check in, you can certainly email me at moneyandmeaning at tandemgrowth.com. If you'd like to learn about uh, the work that we do, you can check us out at our website, tandemgrowth.com. You can check out past versions of the podcast on Spotify and iTunes and at our corporate website, tandemgrowth.com. Uh, but as always, thanks for being with me today and I uh, hope you have a great uh, holiday season and looking forward to a great new year. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier, a show dedicated to help you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Jeff or comments on the show, feel free to reach out to us at moneyandmeaning at tandemgrowth.com or you can find us on the web at www.tandemgrowth.com. 
Jeff Bernier is the President and Chief Investment Officer at Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. This show is a production of Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC. All information discussed is general in nature, is provided for informational purposes only, and should not be construed as specific financial, legal, or tax advice. Listeners should consult an attorney or tax professional regarding their specific legal or tax situation. Listeners should not rely on the content of this podcast as the basis for any investment decisions. A professional advisor should be consulted and or independent due diligence should be conducted before implementing anything discussed in this show. While information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, does not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, does not make any representations or warranties as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information prepared by any unaffiliated third party, such as guests on the podcast, and takes no responsibility for the same.